You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. This is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, and it is, of course, presented by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams over the course of seven years. Yeah, not my choice to be moving around that much. Classic journeyman. I got a media career going. Got a couple small businesses like MyFrontPageStory.com, which is amazing. And I love podcasts because I love being able to talk about what's going on in the NFL pretty much every day on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast and then really dive into the NFL draft and college football and prospects all year on the College Draft Podcast. The Even Money Betting Podcast is so fun as more and more people are betting on sports as it becomes legal in more and more places. And then the Fantasy Feast with the number one ranked fantasy analyst over the last decade. I found those screenshots. We will be posting them at some point. He is the great, the one and only Joe Dolan. You can find him on social media at FG underscore Dolan. I'm Ross Tucker. And so you can check me out at Ross Tucker NFL on social. We are at Ross Tucker pod. So I tell people all the time is if you want to know right when the show is posted and you want to get the highlight clips, like the best two or three clips of this show or the others, make sure you're following Ross Tucker pod on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook or Ross Tucker NFL on TikTok or just subscribe to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. It's free, where you can also go ahead and watch any of these episodes, the full-length episodes, if you'd like. Joe, we kind of dove in to the early part of free agency a week ago with some of the moves that had happened, but there's been a lot of skill position movement since then, including Several teams that have made multiple moves. So I think I want to start with them and just discuss some of the teams that have made multiple moves, what it means from a fantasy perspective. And let's actually talk about the Houston Texans because I'm curious about Dalton Schultz and what this means for you in terms of us all drafting tight ends for next season and also what the Devin Singletary signing means for your boy Damian Pierce yeah I like Damian Pierce a lot let's start with Singletary um the thing about Damian Pierce uh and and what Singletary does is I just think Singletary is a better player um than anybody Houston really had behind Damian Pierce last year and you always have to keep in mind that these running backs some of the more dangerous guys to invest in in the early um part of best ball you know maybe you're doing DraftKings best ball drafts or 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 uh, drafts where you can do um best ball stuff before the NFL draft some of the more dangerous guys to invest in in those situations some of the more dangerous guys to invest in um in dynasty are these 
rookie running backs, these first-year running backs who didn't have high draft capital, who have pretty good rookie seasons, because those guys are always in danger, especially on teams where there's a new coaching staff comes in. These guys are always in danger of being replaced in the draft or in free agency. Now, when it comes to Damian Pierce, the Devin Singletary move, in my opinion, does hurt him a little bit. I think he's a better player um, than a lot of the backs that they used behind Damian Pierce last year. But on the other hand, if this prevents the Texans from going out and getting somebody in the draft, maybe somebody in the second or third round, you know, they have some decent draft capital this year, goes without saying, then I actually think this is pretty good news for Damian Pierce because in this day and age, only you can count on one hand, and you probably don't even need that many fingers to count on teams that have true 75% of the snaps bell cow back. And unless you were foolishly expecting Damian Pierce to be that, the Texans were going to add somebody. And if Devin Singletary is that guy, and they don't go out and draft a super talented running back in a class that Ross will talk about over the next month or so is a pretty super talented running back draft class then that's a good sign for Damian Pierce. For for Singletary, I mean, this guy's a handcuff at best for me. He's a rotational guy. He's got burst. Hasn't done a lot in the passing game in his career. So I really think he's probably a six to eight carry a game guy. Um, He's more of an early down type of guy to to spell him. Um, He's RB 50 in some best ball drafts right now. I think that's probably about right. I think Devin Singletary is a handcuff option. And this really doesn't hurt Damian Pierce as much as as somebody else might have. What about Schultz? I, I don't really understand what happened to the tight end market uh, with Schultz and Gesicki, especially Schultz, making less money than he made last year. Um, but I am curious, you know, obviously the quarterback situation is very different than what he had in Dallas. Uh, This is, um, I'll tell you exactly what happened to the tight end market, the draft class. And um, I'm sure you and I will be discussing that as well. It is an excellent tight end draft class. There's, I've seen some in the industry, including our guy, Brett Whitefield over at fantasypoints.com suggests it's the best in a decade, um, if not more than that. Um, And I think a lot of teams, no offense to Dalton Schultz or Mike Kosicki, but these guys are kind of limited players. You know, Gesicki is an out. Gesicki is essentially a big slot receiver. Dalton Schultz is not a primo athlete. Dalton Schultz is a chain mover. And those guys have value. Mike Gesicki's got value as a big slot receiver uh, who's a, a force in the red zone. Dalton Schultz has value as somebody who can move the chains. But the fact that he couldn't land a multi-year deal, I think, tells you a, number one, um, teams aren't all that interested in giving multiple years to a guy who's not a primo athlete, has had some injury issues, and really isn't going to give you anything after the catch. Number two, teams are not wanting to commit multiple years to a, a veteran tight end who's going to want to play a lot of snaps when they have their eyes on some of these really talented tight ends uh, in this rookie class right now. I think uh Dalton Schultz his ADP is around tight end 10 like he's a ninth 10th round pick I think that's very fair um and we also know that the transition period 
for young tight ends into the NFL, rookie tight ends, is occasionally, although I think it's changing a little bit, is historically been um, the hardest position really to transition to outside of quarterback uh, in the NFL. But Dalton Schultz could get hurt in the NFL draft by a Houston Texan. Um, uh, If the Texans don't draft a tight end on days one or two, though, I think Dalton Schultz's ADP is going to look like a value there in the ninth and 10th round. So that's a guy who this move does not preclude them from doing something in the draft. But if they don't do something of note in the draft, then I think he's somebody who could become a pretty good value. You mentioned Gesicki. Let's head to New England, where since last Wednesday's show, Joe, we do this show once a week in the offseason, they got both Juju Smith-Schuster and Gesicki, which is interesting because I look at both of them as essentially slot guys. So what what are your thoughts on Juju and Gesicki from a fantasy perspective, given that I don't know. They're both kind of bigger bodied slot guys where they usually like to operate. I'm not terribly excited about either one of them. Um, I'm not a juju guy. I I think I said that on the pod last year. I was kind of right and I was kind of wrong. You know, I think there, he had some spike games early in the year. And then I think he went over 40 yards receiving in just uh, like two of his last nine games or something like that. So I was right. And then I was, I was wrong. And then I was right about juju. I'm not going to have a whole lot of interest in Juju with New England, depending on where his ADP settles with with New England. Um, I I, I think New England probably views him as a one-for-one replacement for Jacoby Myers. Some might argue he's a downgrade. Some might argue he's an upgrade. Uh, A lot might argue it's a lateral move. Gesicki's interesting because obviously they moved on from Jonu Smith. And despite Gesicki losing, I mean, he played fewer snaps than Durham Smythe last year in Miami and ran fewer routes than Trent Sherfield in Miami. Despite that, he still did some stuff in the red zone. Now, it wasn't enough for fantasy. He wasn't doing a whole lot for fantasy uh, outside of being a vulture, but he did score some touchdowns, and you well know he scored touchdowns because of that hilarious gritty that he does. I think he's going to play a lot more snaps in New England than he played in Miami. Um, I think New England views him as an upgrade over Johnny Smith. Meanwhile, there is somewhat of a history here. Bill O'Brien recruited Gesicki to play at Penn State. He never coached him uh, because he left to be the the coach of the Houston Texans. But he recruited Gesicki to play at Penn State so he knows what kind of skill set he has. Um, Tight end 20 is his current ADP. That's about right. Tight end two or three in best ball drafts for Mike Gesicki. Um, you might argue at, at points he could be their big X receiver. This is a team that still needs wide receiver help significantly. The one thing I will say about, about the New England Patriots, if you're doing early best ball drafts, and maybe you're out there in Dynasty, somebody who really did not do a whole lot last year as a rookie is their second-round pick out of Baylor, a kid by the name of Tyquan Thornton. This team needs speed so badly. And Gesicki and Juju are not going to change that fact. If they if they re-signed Jacoby Myers and kept Jonu Smith, that would not change that fact. This team still needs speed. And I believe at this point that Tyquan Thornton's got an opportunity to give them that speed. That is somebody I love drafting as a wide receiver six in a best ball draft right now because he has a skill set that the Patriots desperately need and really didn't have last year. I want to talk now about 
the Dallas Cowboys. They did it, Joe. They 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 cut Zeke, end up signing Ronald Jones, which is whatever, and then they traded for Brandon Cooks. So I don't know. Maybe you think they're still going to draft somebody because Pollard is only on a franchise tag, so they're probably draft a running back, don't you think? Yeah, uh, he's coming off an injury, uh, a serious injury. Now, it's not a ligament tear, you know. It's not something that required, you know, extensive surgery. and uh, But he's coming off a serious injury with the broken leg. So keep that in mind with Tony Pollard. I would be utterly floored if the Dallas Cowboys did not draft a running back. Now, does Cowboy fans are like, oh, we can't make the same mistake. Uh, We can't go draft B. John Robinson in the first round. Um. I don't know if the Cowboys are going to do that, but I do know that they're going to draft a running back this year. So be a little bit careful with Tony Pollard, who you'll see going as early as uh, the second round in some best ball drafts. So be a little bit careful with Tony Pollard. Um, But I I do expect he'll be their lead back. I don't think they're going to draft B. John Robinson. They could draft B. John Robinson. Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones might dig in his heels. Jerry Jones might say, Hey, look, we got a lot of crap for drafting Ezekiel Elliott, and he gave us seven good years. That might well be Jerry Jones's takeaway, and he says we view Bijan Robinson as the next Zeke Elliott. So maybe Dallas is going to be in the market for Bijan Robinson. Um, so I'd be a little hesitant, a little leery to draft Tony Pollard at his early ADP right now because I do expect them to draft a back, and it could well be early. As for Brandon Cooks, is this a? I, do I want to say this is a move that really shifts the tectonic plates of the NFC East? For me, no. But when you look at what Dallas gave up for Brandon Cooks, it was a they, they gave up a fifth round and a sixth round pick. I mean, this is kind of a no-brainer move for me. They I think Dallas understanded their error in trading Amari Cooper last year. I think Amari Cooper's a better player than Brandon Cooks. But you got CeeDee Lamb with more experience now. He's coming off a really good year. Maybe Michael Gallup bounces back after being injured. Um, I I think this is a really good move for the Dallas Cowboys. Cooks isn't going to be counted on as the number one receiver here. He gets to be a compliment, which, you know, at age 29-30, He's better suited to be at this point in his career. Dak Prescott, now I don't know if things are going to change without Kellen Moore calling the plays, but over the past couple years, Dak Prescott has been one of the more aggressive downfield throwers in the NFL. Brandon Cooks can still run. His average depth of target still high. Um, It was uh, a career average uh, yards per route run of 1.81, 1.90 in three with the Texans. So he was somebody who obviously was still producing when he was available. So I think Brandon Cooks going to the Cowboys is an upgrade for him. It's an upgrade for the Cowboys. His current ADP, eh, somewhere around wide receiver 48. I think that's a pretty decent value for Brandon Cooks at that spot. I like this move for Dallas. Again, this is not the equivalent of of, uh, the Raiders going out and getting Devontae Adams last year. This is not the equivalent of the Eagles going out and getting A.J. Brown, but this is something that the Cowboys needed to do, and it didn't cost them a whole lot to do it, and it doesn't cost your fantasy team a whole lot to get Brandon Cooks on it. And I like that move because this is an upgrade across the board for Brandon Cooks. 
Doesn't really cost a whole lot either, Joe. To know what the best light beer of all time is, it's Labatt Blue Light. We got college hoops coming up again all weekend, Sweet 16, including my Princeton Tigers. Take things to the next level. Drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly, of course, beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. I'm intrigued, Joe, somewhat similarly to what we talked about in Houston. I'm intrigued by the Carolina Panthers. Since last week, they got a tight end, Hayden Hurst, a running back, Miles Sanders. Good for Miles, by the way, getting that much money. I don't think I would have given him that much money, but I'm happy for him. And then wide receiver, Adam Thielen. Uh Where are we at with the fantasy relevance of those guys? I mean, they paid Miles like they're going to ride him, Joe. So, uh, first and foremost, I don't know if I mentioned it on this podcast or another one of the million podcasts I do, but I thought there was a chance. You know, Miles Sanders, I thought, was a player who his numbers were better than I think the player is, if that makes sense. I thought... You know, I thought he really benefited from playing for the Philadelphia Eagles in that offensive line. I thought there was a point in this offseason where Miles Sanders might not have seen his market materialize. And then the Eagles decided, hey, man, come back on a one-year deal. We'll see what happens. I was floored. And I am thrilled for Miles Sanders, by the way. I was floored he got a four-year deal. Um, I know it's not for huge money, uh, 6.5 per year. But still, I mean, good for Miles Sanders cashing in on a great year. Um, Good for his agent for negotiating that deal. Um, And good for fantasy because you're 100% right. Deontay Foreman is gone. Uh, He went went to Chicago. Um, Sanders last year really did play well per fantasy points data. Sixth in missed tackles forced per carry. He gained 10 or more yards on 13.1% of his carries, the eighth best rate. Now, look. The Eagles offensive line is a lot better than Carolina's offensive line, but Carolina still has some upside here. Carolina was 10th best in generating yards before contact per fantasy points data for running backs. The Eagles were eighth best. So look, the Carolina's offensive line in the run game by that metric, we're not very far off the Eagles, Um, but he's going to fit Frank Reich's scheme. Um, Obviously, Frank Reich did coach under Doug Peterson, whom Sanders started his career with. So there's going to be some familiarity there. Um, Sanders, 5.38 yards per carry on all of his off-tackle runs. That was fifth best among running backs. That's going to be really beneficial for Frank Reich's outside zone scheme. So this is a back who Carolina identified as fitting Frank Reich's scheme. They paid him accordingly. And I think Miles Sanders is a good fit here. And I think Carolina obviously used a lot of that draft capital to trade up to the number one pick. So this is a team where it's like, we know this is a good running back draft class. We don't have great depth, but
But here's a player we identify who's still young, who's coming off the best season of his career, and we're going to have a quarterback on his rookie deal. So we're going to be able to splurge at the running back position in ways that maybe some other teams might not be able to. So I have every belief in me to, to, to think based on how much they paid Miles Sanders, based on the draft capital they used to go up and get the quarterback, based on how much they still need at the skill position players uh, on the perimeter, I think this is an indication that they view him as a bell cow. Now, here is the weird thing about Miles Sanders. And I, I, I can't square this, Ross. Miles Sanders as a rookie, 50 catches for 509 yards and three touchdowns. He had 179 carries as a rookie. As a rookie, you're looking at this guy and the numbers he put up and you're like, Man, this guy's got a shot to be the next Alvin Kamara. This guy's got a shot to be, for fantasy, the next bell cow. He caught 50 passes for uh, for 509 yards and three touchdowns, 10.2 yards per reception. What happened? In the three years since, he has 74 catches for 433 yards and no touchdowns. He has been bad as a receiver. This was somebody who was great in that department as a rookie, is it is is it untapped potential? Did he lose his mojo? You know, he had remember a couple of years ago he had some problems with drops. He's had some fumbling issues. Is it just not something he's comfortable with doing anymore? Or is there some untapped potential for Miles Sanders in that department? And depending on where he gets drafted from a fantasy perspective, that can be something that dictates whether or not he's a home run draft pick or simply a mediocre one on an offense that let's be let's be honest barring a rookie quarterback coming in here and being incredible is going to be a mediocre offense at least in year one you mentioned Kamara, um joe well, first of all real quick anything on hurst or thielen um hayden hurst he's a guy to me number two tight end for um for fantasy adam thielen i think is a really nice pick pick up for Carolina because they needed a veteran to come in here your top two receivers outside well really your top three receivers with DJ Moore traded to Chicago were Shai Smith LaVisca Chenault and Terrace Marshall none of those guys have done a whole lot of anything at the NFL level Adam Thielen coming in there setting the tone being a veteran for them I mean right now he's their number one receiver I think Adam Thielen being a, a, a route running technician is going to be great for whoever the rookie quarterback is in Carolina, but I do anticipate that Carolina will be using draft picks to improve uh, that wide receiver room. They still need help at wide receiver. Adam Thielen, to me, um, solid wide receiver three for fantasy right now. Uh, will f- would feel a lot better about Adam Thielen if the Carolina Panthers pick at number one or wherever they do pick is uh, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, who are uh, the two most advanced passers of of this rookie quarterback class, this incoming rookie quarterback class. You mentioned Kamara when talking about Miles Sanders. What does Jamal Williams mean for Kamara? Uh, Jamal Williams, I think, is going to be a really, really fascinating fantasy pick because he got a multi-year deal. Um, he said he felt insulted by the Lions offer. And, you know, I like he's a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. He's a leader. You saw his interview. Uh, on Sunday night football when they knocked off the the, uh, the Packers in week 18 to knock the Packers out of the playoffs. You know, he's somebody that, that, that fans like to root for, and I think he's a tone setter. Um, the Lions went and got David Montgomery, who 
you know, I think is an upgrade over Jamal Williams as much as I like what Jamal Williams does. But Jamal Williams ended up getting himself a solid contract. Two years, $8 million guaranteed. And Alvin Kamara is probably going to be uh, suspended in the battery case uh, surrounding last year's Pro Bowl. Remember, that was hanging on uh, over his head this year, and all the cases have been postponed to this year. There's probably going to be a suspension here. Mark Ingram averaged 8.7 touches per game in the first seven games last season before injury slowed him down. Mark Ingram um, is really slowing down. But Jamal Williams, this is somebody um, who can play on all three downs. He had 14 touchdowns inside the five-yard line, which led the team. He had 17 touchdowns in all. Um, He's not much of a factor in the passing game, but he can pass protect. Um, He had just 12 catches last year. This is somebody, though, who even if Alvin Kamara is not suspended, I think the Saints view as an early down compliment to a guy who, you know what, maybe we want to utilize him more as a receiver and get some of the less of that wear and tear on him on these early down carries. Um, I think Jamal Williams is no doubt going to face a steep touchdown regression, but he has some upside as what is currently a 10th round pick um, on some sites because there's a chance he's the lead back for this team for a month plus. Um, And in in best ball, you know, if you're drafting – uh, a, a team in August and Jamal Williams, oh, I don't know how long he's going to be the lead back in New Orleans. Well, here's the thing. I always say it, a win in week one means the same as a win in week 14. You know, if Jamal Williams is somebody who helps you get off to a three and one start for fantasy, and then he ends up on your bench job. Well done young fella. So I think Jamal Williams is somebody who's going to have some best ball appeal, depending again on where his ADP settles after, after free agency in the draft. Joe, are you more likely to take a late-round best ball flyer on Baker Mayfield as a quarterback in Tampa or Jacoby Brissett as a quarterback for the Commanders? Oh, Brissett. Um, I, I think Brissett's probably got the better shot. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, Brissett actually played well last year, which I can't say about uh, Baker. Um, and I think Tampa is still a threat to draft a quarterback early. I'm not 100% sure Washington is. Um, Sam Howell showed well in his one game last year. Jacoby Brissett came in here, and I think Jacoby Brissett, it, uh, the, the assumption for Brissett was you're going to compete with Sam Howell for the job, maybe show him the ropes, essentially be their new version of, 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 of Taylor Heineke, you know, or I guess Carson Wentz, be the guy who's going to, you know, step in there and start. Uh, I think Brissett understands what his role is in, in the NFL right now. Um, Baker Mayfield's got weapons. So does uh, Jacoby Brissett. You know, I really like Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, and Brissett's a better player. So Brissett's the guy I'm more likely to take a shot on. The downside for Brissett is I think Sam Howell is way more interesting than what the Buccaneers have at quarterback outside of uh, of Baker Mayfield, that being Kyle Trask. Let's talk some of these other running backs that got signed. Damian Harris with the Bills, Chase Edmonds with the Bucks, Dante Foreman with the Bears. Can you rank those guys in terms of most yeah. excited, least excited? Um, I'm probably most excited about Damian Harris because of the touchdown equity there. Um, and I also like it, by the way, for James Cook because James Cook can still be the receiving back there. They do still have Naeem Hines. Um, that might muddy up that backfield a little bit where James Cook becomes a really appealing fantasy pick 
But Damian Harris um, is somebody who I expect to be drafted in the double-digit rounds, who is a good runner and now has touchdown upside. He's essentially a one-to-one replacement. They're a little stylistically different, but I think his role will be similar to that of Devin Singletary. Uh, Deontay Foreman would be the next on my list. Um, Khalil Herbert, st- he's, he's flashed, but he's still unproven as a bell cow. This isn't a move that makes me less excited about uh, Khalil Herbert. I don't know exactly what Deontay Foreman's upside is with obviously Justin Fields vulturing red zone uh, rushing touchdowns, but this is somebody who can gain yards downhill, which I think the Chicago Bears will really like. Um, uh, He can spell uh, Khalil Herbert. Um, Herbert's probably a better receiver. I mean, Foreman had just five catches last year, so that that goes without saying. I think that's a solid backup move uh, for the Chicago Bears behind Khalil Herbert. They can also add a back during the draft. And then third, and Chase Edmonds just it doesn't really do anything for me. Um, I think they can still draft a running back there. This is not a move that makes me terribly uh, excited for fantasy. I really like how the offseason has played out for Rashad White so far, though, in Tampa. Um, four receivers I'm going to throw at you. Either rank them or pick the one that you would take um, in, a, in a best ball draft. Two from the Bills, two from the Giants. The two for the Bills, Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield. The two for the Giants, Paris Campbell and Darius Slayton. I think I think my favorite of those is still going to be Darius Slayton. He was the one who produced last year. I think I'd rank them Slayton, Campbell, Hardy, um, and then Sherfield. Uh, I think Hardy's kind of their Isaiah McKenzie replacement. I think Slayton still gives the Giants something um, that they don't have, that speed on the perimeter. Um, Paris Campbell is a flyer for them at this point. But what I think they're trying to do with Paris Campbell is, um, well, maybe we'll get one full season combined out of him and and uh, Sterling Shepard, who they also resigned. You got to check this man out on social media. He's at FG underscore Dolan. You can always check me out at Ross Tucker NFL, us at Ross Tucker Pod. And, of course, love those of you that check us out on YouTube, whether you watch the whole show or you just watch the highlight clips of the show, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Remember, if you take advantage of any of our sponsors, you can actually ask Joe, an expert, questions about your fantasy questions that you've got for your squad. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.